All right. We left off. The Gemara was uh, theorizing a little bit about how to explain a machlekas, uh between two braces. One which says that if somebody has a, a full hand and sticks it out into Rishus uh, Harabim, uh, one says that that's Aser to bring it back in. And the other one says it is Mutter to bring it back in. There are all types of ideas as to why they might be. No. We were in the middle of saying that we're trying to assess, it seems to be some kind of rabbinic knas, some kind of rabbinic punishment. First we thought maybe what was going on was we were saying that it's a, uh, it's, it, it transforms into a Carmelis. It transforms into a Carmelis. Um, I think, uh, didn't really delve into this yesterday, but I think that the Gemara ultimately makes it clear that we never, like, there was no evidence that pushed us in the direction of saying, oh, this should be a caramel, this should become a caramel. It's more, we really needed to, more than anything else, we had these two prices and we needed to explain the phenomenon described in one of them where it's us. Or the theory that Abaya tries first is maybe it's like a caramel. Um, at this point, we're saying, no, it's not quite a caramel. It's not a rabbinic rishosach. Uh, it's rather something more along the lines of uh, just a knas, just a punishment. In other words, it's not. There's no. There's no formal transformation that occurs, uh, formal legal transformation that occurs to the person's hand. It's more just that um, uh, there is a knas. There is a rabbinically enacted punishment that says you're not allowed to bring your hand back in. And the question is, under once what circumstances, right? Are the two prices actually arguing with each other as to whether or not there is such a knas, or? If they're not, under what circumstances is there such a knas? So under what circumstances isn't? Isn't there such a knas? So, in the previous iteration, we had said that we wanted to be poishet a question which was raised by Rav Beivoy Barabaya, who had asked if somebody uh, somebody uh, puts bread in an oven to bake, right? So, imagine flatbreads, or not mamish flatbreads, like we, we Americans say flatbreads, we think something crunchy. Imagine a flat piece of bread, like a naan or a pita, um, and it's getting stuck to the side of the oven. That's what you do because that's how you, that's how one bakes things, but you know. Um, and at a certain point, it bakes enough that it kind of uh, I'm not sure if they allowed it to fall off or they would remove it before it fell off, but. That was how the baking process worked. Now, removing that that uh, round of dough from the side of the oven isn't isudra Um It's isudra abanan. You're not allowed to do that on Shabbos. It's part of the pas procedure, even though it is not the afia. It is not the baking itself, but it's part of the bread the baking procedure. The question is: Are you allowed to do it if um, you found that? Let's just say for now by mistake. But even though we're going to deal with it more in depth shortly, but if you find yourself in a situation where you put a raw dough round onto the side of the oven and now you're, you're saying to yourself, Oy what can I do? I didn't mean to bake bread on Shabbos. Can I take it off? So we were trying to prove, as follows, we were trying to prove in, 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 the, in the most recent, um, uh, in the most recent iteration of the, uh, tr- the attempt to explain the, the contradiction between the two prices, 
what we said was that the difference is one was talking in the case of me it's still daytime when I stuck my hand out um, and then it became dark and that's why I was permitted to withdraw my hand um, well the other case was Misha was once it got dark once it got dark um, and since I stuck my hand out once it got dark and it was already Shabbos already Friday night so I'm treated with more severity so the Gemara asks that really the opposite should be lo- the logical choice the opposite version the opposite version of events should be the logical choice we should say that in the scenario where I stuck my hand out during the daytime if there's anywhere to apply a knas it should be there why? because the knas will have the least negative outcomes because let's say if I'm punished and I'm told, oh, you got to keep your hand outside, what's going to inevitably happen after a short while is I'm going to have to put the thing down. Well, I'm not going to have a chiv chatas because I stuck my hand out during the day. So the Akira, <coughs> the original um, picking up of the item and transferring it outside, happened during the daytime on Friday. Right? It happened during the daytime on Friday. It didn't happen on Shabbos. So there's no Shabbos act to make me uh, liable for a chatas. However... Um, however, in the reverse case, in, not the reverse case, in the other case, where I stuck my hand out at 2 o'clock in the morning on Friday night, so it's well past the beginning of Shabbos. So if you knas me then, if you force me to keep my hand outside then, what's going to inevitably happen is that I'm going to be over an Isser, because I'm going to have to put the item down. And once I, right, that's just, I'm not Hercules, I'm going to have to put it down at some point. It won't be very long, <coughs> knowing me. And... I'm going to be in a tough spot. I'm going to be chayiv chatos. So the Gemara says, based on that, I'm giving you this whole recap because we're going to talk a whole lot more about this in a moment. Um, based on that, says the Gemara, it would seem, from the fact we didn't choose to say uh, what we see as the most, the more logical um, explanation of things, it would seem that we can prove one side of a question that Rabbi Voy Barabaya was wondering about. Rabbi Voy Barabaya was asking about bread, um, which I got into for a moment before. Rabbi Voy, but, but, but now we have a little more background. Rabbi Voy Barabaya asks in relation to bread, if I put the raw dough round on the side of the oven and I realize what I've done and I want to fix it, what's the halacha? So it would seem... Um, it would seem, based on our discussion, that you're not allowed to take it down. You have to let the, let it sit there and bake. You have to let it sit there and bake, right? Because we see that Chazal says it's not our problem that you that you're chayiv chatas. It's not our problem. You have to live with our uh, rules and punishments, despite the fact that um, you're going to end up being chayiv chatas, and you therefore have to observe the regular derabbanan conventions of not removing raw dough from the side of an oven even though you want to save yourself from the consequences of your poorly considered actions. So, says the Gemara, you know what, let's just take it up inside at this point from which is eight lines from the bottom of the Gemara base. Another option we have is let's not talk about the bread question. Let's not deal with the We can't resolve that question for him. Why? But like Asha, why don't we see the, the idea we just expressed from our discussion? Our Bryces aren't talking about the same type of thing our Bivoy Barabai is talking about. Our Bryces are talking about Shagi versus Mazid. Shagi versus Mazid. Bishagi like unto a Rabbanon. Bimazid comes to a Rabbanon. If it's Bishagi, when it's Bishagi like unto a Rabbanon. 
b'mezid kontzur ra banan. So it all depends what the person was doing, whether the person was doing it on purpose or not. If the person meant it to be over an avera, and then it seems like maybe he asked, so he felt bad. He's a charata. He said, "Hey, I, you know, I stuck my hand outside, but I, I, and, and I feel bad. I did it because I was, I was making fun of Hashem. But now, I realize that uh, that uh, I need to do tshuva. So, what should I do? So we say, I'm sorry, friend. You got to keep your hand outside. You have to roll with the punches over here. Okay." Vibay Seima, another possibility, right? So I'm sorry. Vibay Seima, Idi Vidi Bishagig. Another explanation could be that they're both dealing with, both prices are dealing with the case of Shagig. The argument itself is whether or not it's Kansu Shagig Atu What does that mean? When somebody does something like this Bishagig, do we apply the principle of Kansu Shagig Atu Do we say we punish, we, we apply a bit of a punishment to the person? Who does things with shaygeg so that he doesn't come, or perhaps so that others don't come to do them? Be mazed. Umar savar kansu shaygeg atu Okay, that's yet another explanation. Finally, vivois emul oilam loy kansu. Loy kasha. Kan looisa chater. Kan lechater acheres. It depends where you're going. It's one thing. If I'm standing in one chater, let's say this room is our chater, and I stick my hand out into the hallway, let the hallway be the street, and I uh, I extend my hand out there, and then I um, I say to myself, oh, oh whoops, my mistake, uh, am I allowed to draw it back in? Answer is yes. However, kan la chater acheres, right? Uh, when I when I extend my hand into a different chater, to a different chater, that might be a different story. That might be a different story. Let's say I want to take them and throw them into the kitchen. Imagine the kitchen is a sec is, is a second courtyard in our little neighborhood here. I want to take I want to stand over there and I want to take what's in my hand and throw it into the kitchen. Well, the price says, no, of course you can't do that just because you stuck your hand into the Rosh Hashanah already. That's not acceptable. This is akin to what Rav asked of Nachman. If someone's hand was full of stuff, and you extended it outside. Are you allowed to bring it back into that chater? You're allowed to. How about a different chater? That's prohibited. What's the difference? So he says, um, which is kind of a funny, kind of uh, gently mocking expression, right? Which means either um, measure or eat a kur, a large. Uh, a large measurement of salt, which is just kind of a way of saying jump in a lake. Um, good luck, you know, uh, it's not an easy distinction. And Gemara says, but ultimately, what well, this is, this is, this is kind of a delicate point. means the guy didn't really, right, well, why did the guy stick his hand outside in the first place? Rose says, right, this again, I think we're assuming he's a shagig, right? Um, that's definitely what the flow of the Gemara points us in the direction we're assuming he's a shagig over here. He's acting in error. But what's the idea? He wants to move the stuff from one chater to the next. That's ultimately why people stick their hands outside. Usually it's not for no reason. They want it to go somewhere. So now, if you want to say, okay, oh, never mind. You know what? I'm going to bring it right back where I started. That's okay. But if you want to deposit it in the next chater, that's kind of what you were trying to do. That's kind of what you are trying to do. So we need to act to quash even anyone from being able to do that because it has it's almost like it has a chilling effect 
on the uh, on the practice of Shabbos, and that is not acceptable. Okay. Right now, primarily, keep in mind, primarily what we're concerned about is the person taking the stuff and putting them into Rosh Hashanah. Uh, the, the, the point is that we don't want to allow him to remove him from this chatzah. That's the Mach Shavtai. Right? I'm saying, he, he, you know, the, the, the real issue, the real Shabbos issue is somebody putting things into Rosh Hashanah from Rosh Hashanah. That's what we want to avoid. So we're going to say, we never want you to be able to remove things from where you meant to remove them. Okay, Gufa says the Gemara boy Rav Bevoi Bar Let's talk about this. Hidbik pas betanur hetiru leiladoisa kredin shevel dichi of chat. If somebody uh, sticks bread onto the wall of an oven, he's allowed to be roided, right? He's allowed to take it down before he comes to a chiv chatas. Or is he not allowed to do so? Right? Is it is it not? Are you not allowed to do it? Maybe you're uh, maybe you're uh, you're limited. Maybe you 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 get a kanas, you get a punishment, and you're not allowed to take off the bread, and you have to let it bake and become chayiv. says, hold on a second. What kind of question is this? If the case is b'shoigeg, it's a total accident, and he forgot that he'd done it, right? He or he forgot Shabbos, right? He doesn't doesn't remember anything, right? Either that's a, that, that this malacha is pro- prohibited. He doesn't remember that you're not allowed to bake on Shabbos, because he thinks it's Tuesday, whatever it is. And he doesn't remember before the the bread got to the baked stage. So then, what are we talking about? Like, what, what you know, unfortunate event, but 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 uh, he didn't have time to remove it. What kind of case is it that he that he comes kind of in between? Um, and says, "Hey, can I remove this?" Doesn't make sense. Ve'elolav the yihadav idker. So what then is the case? The yihadav idker. He uh, he um, he goes back and he remembers. In other words, he 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 sticks on the dough and he goes, "Oh, hold on a second. It's Shabbos." So mi mechayiv is he really chayiv? Atanan kol chayiv echatois enun chayiv and achtei tchilas on shigaga v'seif on shigaga. Don't we say in a Mishnah, everyone who is chayiv chatas, this is a great general rule to keep in mind, anyone who's liable to chatas, they're only chayiv when it's chilasan shkoga v'seifun shkoga. When they start out in error and they end off in error, the entire action has to has to happen in the state of hell and there has to be a lack of awareness. You have to not know um, something about what's going on, whether it's Shabbos or that it's permissible or not. Right? So, uh, Right, so we had said that um, if you pick up in the middle of your act of baking and say, oh, you know what, I, I just started baking, that's a mistake, it's Shabbos, and you try to take it back and change history, well, here's the deal. Um, you're not going to be chayef chatos, because the general rule of chatos says you need to be in a state of forgetfulness from beginning to end. So, Says the Gemara, Ella must be right in the middle. It's not about Chat, it's about Isser Skila. The guy's trying to figure out. Hold on a second. Magic anti coronavirus elixir. 
I'm convinced. Um, but, um, oh, now there's scotch in there. <laughs> Ella, the amazing. <laughs> no, I'm not starting now. In my younger days, I would do it at Shachris, but that Shachris took a little, a little long, you know, to start a little later. Um, but, Kaddish um, <laughs> Yehuda Yisr Skila, Our question is somebody who's doing an Yisr B'mezid, and he wants to avoid an Yisr Skila. He's in the middle, he, he reconsidered his life choices, and he says, you know what? With this coronavirus outbreak on, I probably shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't be baking bread on shops. So, so what does he do? He um, he uh, he decides to he to ask the rabbi, can he quickly take the bread off before it bakes properly, and he gets himself into or skila. So and that gets into other questions. Is he going to be chayev? Okay. Suffolk. Okay. Okay. Anyway, all types of fun stuff. These stuff, if you can try to find the time to, you know, work your way through one of these tesis, it's really, really interesting stuff. Okay. Um, and most of them are quite digestible, you know, short pieces. So, I'm Rav Shailu Eilam B'Shaygeg. Rav Shailu says, I don't like your tarot so much, I have a different one. Really, he's a mistake. And the question is, can others come along and they say, can I take off the bread before he comes to Chiyav Chatz? He's still clueless. There's no time to get him. The bread's about to bake. He's in the next. He's, he's in the next building. So, hey, can we just quickly take the bread off? That's the question. Okay. There's never. A, this is just really. A, this is a, a catch-all phrase which is used in a number of places in Shas. But it, it, what it means is: Is there ever a situation where we tell somebody you do an avera, because taking down the bread is an avera and a seder abonim, so that your friend will not. Uh, come to Chiyav Chathos. It never works that way. We never make other people pay for the sins. Uh, there are no bailouts in Halacha, right? We, one, you, you never have to pay for my sins. El Amr Avashi says Avashi, Lo'elam amazing. The case indeed is amazing. And let's stick with the original chat. That it's amazing, and we're afraid the person's the, the person is, re, is reconsidering his actions because he's going to come to an iser skila. In his version of the question of Rabbi Voy Barabaya, he says it clearly, right? He says, "Amr Rabbi Voy Barabaya hidbik pas betanor hitu leilu rodeis akedem shiavu de iser skila." That's the question. Were they, um, were they matter him? Uh, well, I should say. In this version, in this version, it's not a question. In this version, Rabbi Voibar Abaya is saying it quite clearly. In other words, it's a pshitusa. It's not a baya. He's saying, "I am telling you that halacha." And it seems like maybe by by uh, phrasing this at the by, by by listing this version of things at the end of the Gemara, sometimes the Gemara is trying to indicate to us that this is the conclusion. Um, it is permissible to take it off and avoid an iser skila. Okay. Am I chayef? I'm sorry, Pasha Ani is the other. So the Mishnah said, Pasha Ani is the other. Ani extended his hand. Interesting little sugi here. Am I chayef? Why are you liable? Well, why shouldn't you be liable? So what case are we talking about? The Ani sticks out his hand. And what does he do? He either takes something from inside and puts it down outside, or he's been holding something outside and he puts it down in the hand of the Baal Bayes inside. So if he puts things down, let's say he puts it down, he puts down whatever he's holding in the hand of the Baal Bayes inside. In both scenarios we just described, 
the Ani is either placing down what he's holding or t picking up what the Baal Bayis is holding. Um, in both cases, the locus of the interaction is the Baal Bayis's hand. Right? Either I'm taking something out of his hand or I'm placing something into his hand. That's the implication of the Mishnah, certainly. The Mishnah keeps saying, L'seicha, 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 into the hand, out of the hand. So the Gemara, why is that? You need Akira and Hanacha from a Makim Dalad al Dalad, from a four Amas square space. That's the type of space we consider a space. If you don't have a four Amas square, it's a four Tefach square, I think. Um, then that's not a place. That's not a place. That's not a place. So. Um, so, says the Gemara. That's not. Hazeg Mishusayachin, Mishusarab and Beemta. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped them. Um, this is the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. Hold, you don't actually need a 4 by 4 If I'm throwing something from one Rosh Hashanah to the next, and there's a Rosh Hashanah, there is a, a uh, public domain in between. Rabbi Akiva Mechaev, the Chacham and Pachin. Rabbi Akiva says you're Chaev. The Chacham say you're Potter. Right? In other words, it passed from one private Rishos to another private Rishos by way of a Rishos Harab. Um, Rabbi Kiva This is a general principle Rabbi Kiva holds of called Kluta Kemisha Hun Something that passes through the airspace of Rishos Harabim, it's as if it's landed in Rishos Harabim. And we don't care about the fact that it didn't land on a private 4x4 four four landing spot. The Rabban say, we don't hold of such a thing, and therefore, and therefore, you never put it down in Rosh Hashanah, and, well, what you did was not correct, you are not Oiv. Is it really clear to you, Rabban? That kluta is kamisha huncha. That's something that is kluta that is caught in the airspace of rishus rabbim. Is kamisha huncha as if it's been put down. And that the machlekes of Rabbi Kiva and the Rabbanon takes place in within ten tefachim of the ground, because there's no Rashi explains. Right? If you look at the top Rashi, the ilulam ilam yud lavavir rishus rabbim hu elavir makim pitur hu lavil kluta leka. There's no tzad. Nobody holds that there's a, such a thing as kluta, right? Uh, it's the opposite of uh, of, uh, of uh, the Air Force. In the Air Force, if you want to fly, fly under the radar, you fly very low. In Rosh Hashanah, if you want to fly under the radar, you fly very high. you got to fly over 10 Tfachim. Right? If you're flying over 10 Tfachim, it's like, oh, it's Avir Makam Nobody knows who you are. We don't know who you are. Right? That's where the stealth bombers are flying. But um, mixing metaphors here is going to be confusing. But um, but the, the within the, the lower point of Rosh Hashanah, within 10 Tfachim of the ground, that already is in Rishos Harabim airspace, and it gets kind of uh, caught in Rishos Harabim. We see you there, halachically. You're on our radar. So, says the Gemara, Rabbah is totally uncertain about this issue. The boy Rabbah, we have a full quote from Rabbah later on in the Masechta, and the Tafzag Zayn. 
Rabbi asks as follows: Lemata me'asar pligi is it that Rabbi Kiva and the Rabbanon are arguing in under ten tefachim, as he just said? Ubahap pligi the Rabbi Kiva says according to Mishnahon Chadami, Rabbanon says Rabbi Loya Minin Kutu Kamishahon Chadami. This is what's going on that Rabbi Kiva holds Kutu Kamishahon Chad, and the Rabbanon holds Kutu is not Kamishahon Chad. Avolamayla me'asara divrei hakol pater. Says the Gemara. Avolamayla me'asara says Rabbi divrei hakol pater. Everyone agrees that over ten tefachim is avir makim pater. It's a dead zone. It's a it's a, it's a safe zone, right? Udukuli alma. Now this is a strange sentence. Udukuli alma loy yalfinon zayrek mimoishit. Right now, let's remember we were talking about a fellow who threw, um, who threw an item through Rosh Hashanah, right? From one Rosh Hashanah to another Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. The question is, there's an iser called moishit, and if I had to picture those delightful Israeli picture mishnayos, um, with the the men who look like kind of Hasidish but Middle Eastern, um. Just to you know, make sure no one gets confused. But um, the they 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 demonstrate this very nicely because they show how people can be standing even on a very high floor if they're passing things from one mere peset to the next. They're passing things from one balcony to the next. Um, they can be over. They can end up. Um, they can end up blowing it, even though they are above the ten tefach. Uh, um, they're 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 in the safe zone, which is above ten tefachim. Nonetheless, the halacha is reasons reasons we'll get into uh, later on. Parakazirik, um, they are chayiv, right? Sakzir sakasiv, they're chayiv for hayshata at that height. So you might think yalfina, right? You, the, 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 what would change this discussion would be if we would be yalfina on zirik mi if we would extrapolate to zirik to throwing from moishet from passing, which kind of makes sense, right? And, you know, throwing passing, kind of same idea. So. Um, uh, so throwing and passing is kind of the same idea. So if that were the case, we would say it doesn't matter to me that you're under whether you're under ten tefachim or above ten tefachim. So in this stage, is again, which is, this is just a repetition of the Gemara's um, explanation a moment ago. Rabbi is saying no. There's no discussion about throwing being like uh, passing. Throwing is not like passing, and therefore the whole machlekes is happening lumata me'asara under ten tefachim, and that's it. Okay. So if that was the only thing Rabbi had said, we would be great. But the thing is that Rabbi suggested another possibility. Eidilma, this is about um, seven lines from the top, Eidilma, in the middle of the seventh line, L'maylam yud pligi. The argument is, people think that the uh, is 630, yud pligi, or people want to say karbonis. L'maylam yud pligi, Ubaha pligi. This is what the argument's about. It's a totally different machlekes. They're having their machlekes above ten, right, in the supposed dead zone, in the safe zone. Well, how could they be having a machlekes there? What are you talking about? There's no height saw. There's no. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, no one says kutu kamisha in the safe zone. This is the Gemara. Ain't chanami. It's true that the aircraft guns can't get you out in the safe zone. However, right, you're worried about about surface to air fire over here, but we have a different issue. You have to be concerned about the about the air force. You have to be concerned about zayrek mimoshit. Totally different uh, angle of attack. Kiva says, right, that we learn Zayrik from Moshe. The Rabbanon say we don't learn Zayrik from Moshe, just like we said before. Rabbi Kiva holds, hold on a second, Zayrik is just like Moshe. Throwing things is just like passing them. Throwing things is just like passing them. And therefore, just as passing things over a Rosh Hashanah, even one that's 100 feet below you, can make you be very, even though you're in the uh, you're in the safe zone in terms of in terms of uh, ground fire in terms of being kutu <laughs> kamishon being seized 
in the in the power of the rishus below you. But nonetheless, nonetheless, you are chayiv just like you would be if you would pass it. There's no difference between throwing and passing, and that's what Rebbe says you're chayiv. But there's no discussion about klut the kamishon chala. And the rabbanon hold leofin zerik mush. Avlomatem asara in the airspace of ten of ten tefachim. There's no dispute about Kutu Everyone agrees Kutu Right? So the whole uh, confidence with which Rabbi spoke earlier uh, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Why does he say it's a Rikivi? He could have said it's, it's, it's everyone. He could have said in, in theory it goes according to everyone with Kutu the, the case of our Mishnah where things are being passed from hand to hand and not from ground to ground. People figure things out. And Rabbi figured this one out. Right, you're right. You're not. You're not wrong for quoting that statement of Rabbah. It does exist. We're not lying to you. It, it happened. You're not. Uh, not trying to gaslight you, but uh, he figured it out. Uh, he figured it out. If she delayed the sub Rabbah, keep it close to me. Okay. Okay. So. Says the Gemara. So now it's apparently some people want to say that Nehib is over. In other words, this should be this last line that we just read should be phrased as part of the Gemara's next kasha. In other words, Nehi, if even though it's true the Savar Bekiva could the Commission Chadam Yedoma Hanachud Loi Boi Hakira Boi, you're forgetting something. Maybe the case that Bekiva talked about, he was just saying in terms of Hanach. He was saying in terms of Hanacha, we're allowed to rely in terms of putting things down. We're allowed to say by the time, right? Think of it in, in very, just in, in very, very simple terms. When something is about to land on the ground, we can say it has landed before it physically lands. To say that something um, that is being picked up can be considered to have been picked up, even though it wasn't technically picked up from the ground because of the principle of is an entirely different Kiddush. It's a totally different conceptual uh, uh, construction. And we don't have any evidence that Rebbe Kiva ever held of it. Because what Rebbe is talking about is Hanach. He's just saying, something that's about to land on the ground, you can think of as being already on the ground. That what we're trying to achieve with, since we need halachically a 4 by 4 spot, and we have a general principle of so therefore apply, cross-apply the principle of to say that it's as if you've picked up the object from a 4x4 four four spot. What are you talking about? That's a totally different Kiddush. I'll tell you who it really is. It's really Rebbe. Oh, Rebbe. Hi, Rebbe, says the Gemara. Who's this Rebbe? Well, 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 what Rebbe do you see? You're talking as if there's a, some sheet of Rebbe we're supposed to know, which is relevant to this issue. But but which one? Maybe you mean this one, the time. Zorak v'noch Someone throws something and it lands on a ziz. What's a ziz? A ziz is like a piece of scrub. Right, you know those uh, big, those little bushes that come out of the kaisel, out of the kotel. So um, that's a ziz. Um, old city's full of zizin. So someone throws something, and it lands. Sorry, I didn't mean to rub it into those who were playing to go to Israel and can't. Um, uh, think of me; I haven't been back in years. So if you throw something and it lands on a tree. So even a very small, tiny tree, right? Even if the tree itself is really just a little scrubby bush, right? So nonetheless, Rebbe Mechaif. Rebbe says, since it landed, that's a, that's a landing spot. Even though we see that Rebbe holds, even a tiny little shvach, a landing spot, um, can be considered a landing spot. And the Chachamim absolve you. The Chachamim say, no, that's not a landing spot, right? Says the Gemara, that's the opinion that can be explained according to Abai's explanation. The tree, 
Abayi is talking about a different context, but if Rebbe's little tree can be talking about the same thing Abayi's big tree is talking about. Um, a tree which is standing in Rishus Hayachid, the noy foy noy to Rishus Harabim, but its branches are in Rishus Harabim. The Zorak Vinocha noy and he throws his item and it lands on the branches. The Rebbe Savar Amrinon Shadi noy foy baser ikrut. Right? In other words, we view it as a. As a Shadi um, Noifi Basirikra, we view it as if the, the branches are uh, attached to the root, which of course they are, but halachically as well. And we think of it as being that even though the think, even though the roots, the, now the, the question is, can we use the roots in Rishus Hayachid? So I'm standing in Rishus Hayachid, I throw something out into the tree, it lands in the part of the tree that's in Rishus Harabim, but the only four by four based space is in Rishus Hayachid. Can we use that space to consider it the, the, this thing to be based? Um, so says the Gemara. Says the Gemara, right? You can uh, According to Rabbi, you can. In other words, we say even though since it landed in the Rishus Harabim part, and this ultimately is a tree which is firmly based on the ground, even though the part of it which is based on the ground is in the same Rishus I'm in, nonetheless, I'm chay. Right, that's Rabbi's opinion. The Mari said, "No, no, no. I, you know, you don't don't even try such a thing. You're, try, you're, you're trying to borrow a piece of a rishus that that wouldn't create a chiyav in order to create a chiyav. That doesn't make sense." Okay, I'll give you a different quote from Rabbi Zatanya. If I throw something from a rishus to another rishus and it passes over a rishus ayachid, Rabbi mechayiv v'chacham paitrim. Ve'am Rabbi Yehuda Amashmo mechayiv hoya Rabbi Shtayin. Rebbe holds, in the case of Rebbe, it's as if, right, Rebbe Kiva, we only found that um, he was Mechaev you for the Hanacha, right? But Rebbe says already from the moment you're Machnes it into Rishus Ha, uh, from the time you are, that both from the time that it passes through the Rishus Harabim and ultimately the, um, the, um, um, uh, ultimately, you're going to be chayiv twice. You're going to be chayiv for bringing the thing in and for uh, putting it down. So we see a little more from Rabbi than we would have seen from Rebbe. You don't need Akira and Hanacha um, uh, except on a Maka and Dalad So the Gemara says that's not going to be a. Um, a valid explanation. Let's just read the next line. Uh, excuse me, that, that, that's that's going to be a valid explanation. The Gemara is about to make it not a valid explanation. Didn't we say, Rav and Shmuel say about this, This halacha only applies in Rosh Hashayach that has a roof. What does that mean? So look at the top Rashi, the top two Rashis, once we're there. Mekaira, Shiesh Lagag, Makura, has, has a roof. Kemand Mali. Mali, what does that mean? So Rashi says, it says, uh, uh, it's a Dover Sasa Mikol Something, imagine something that's totally full. It's totally full of objects. There's no airspace there. So when something passes through it, you don't view it halachically. Again, this is a little the reasons why are a little beyond the scope of our article, but uh, the, we don't view it halachically as passing through airspace. We view it as placed down. Those are very unique circumstances in a nutshell, but they're not comparable to our mission. Our mission is not full of items, 
right? It's not roofed. It's not full of items. Something that's not roofed, we don't find that we apply this principle of revenue. Okay, stop here.